Hey everyone, welcome to the Janus Connected Podcast, your source for exclusive interviews with the self-storage industry's movers and shakers. I'm your host, Rachel Dempsey, and this is the place where you'll find the latest news on technology advancements within self-storage, advice for new operators, and tips that even the most seasoned decision makers can find helpful. We hope you enjoy. Today's episode is really exciting because we have two guests that are making big waves in the self-storage industry. We have Dean Booty, owner and founder of Storemore Self Storage, located in East Yorkshire, England. And Dean also runs his own terrific podcast called Hacking Self Storage, which everyone should definitely check out because it is so good. Also joining us today is Travis Morrow, which you all might remember from one of our previous episodes where we had a really great conversation. And Travis is the president of National Self Storage and the winner of the 2018 Overall Facility of the Year Award. So guys, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Rachel. It's, uh, it's an honor. I can't wait. Yeah, thank you, Rachel. Happy to be here. So today we're switching up the format of this episode, and we are going to be doing more of a debate-style conversation. The topic is automation versus customer service, and Dean and Travis will each be presenting their unique viewpoints on these really important self-storage topics. So let's go ahead and get started. So Dean, let's start with you. Can you tell us about how you got into the industry and what you're passionate about? Yeah, absolutely. I um, I actually got into the industry when I was actually on honeymoon in America. We were traveling around America, me and my wife, and uh, as soon as I saw these storage facilities pop up, I just thought, wow, there's got to be got to be something in this. So a quick Google search, and uh, I realized that there was there was no in the, there was no self storage facilities in my town, and I, that that was it. That was in my honeymoon. I was just googling the prices to set up a self storage and basically everything I possibly could do. Um, and yeah, fast forward, fast forward seven years, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 still in the industry, and I absolutely love it. Um, I'm most passionate about customer care and basically looking after your staff as well. A lot of people take them for granted your staff, and yeah, I'm uh, I'm a big believer in making sure that that we look after our staff as well as our customers. Awesome, I love that. So, Travis, let's turn it over to you. How did you get to where you're at, and what are you passionate about? So I actually married into the self-storage industry. So pre-honeymoon, my father-in-law is uh, a Hall of Famer in the self-storage industry that's been in it for 45 years. His name's Bob Schaff. And uh, I started working with his company, National Self-Storage, in college and then have progressed through the industry working at National Self Storage and I'm involved in the state and national associations and I've been, you know, just involved in in many facets of the industry throughout my career. Uh, I would say that my passion right now is customer experience and creating a modern customer experience in an industry that has not traditionally been accused of being modern. So that that's really my focus, and, and I'll talk about that more today. Awesome. I am so excited to hear both of these really intriguing viewpoints. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Wonderful. Um, Dean, you have the floor. So tell us about your opinions on customer service in self-storage. 
Yeah, for, for me, I just believe that every business, a lot of them, especially self-storage, is that we've got to set ourselves apart from the competition. And the one differentiating factor that we can use is our customer care and show the customer that we actually care about them. And my point of view is that how do, if it's a fully automated site or if it's an automated site, how, how do we set ourselves apart if we don't have the customer, if we don't have the staff on site? And um, if, if we're all fully automated, then I believe that that means that the, the big boys in, in my country, Big Yellow and Safe Store, they can plough much more money into the industry, into the automation. And, and so that means that for me, I would find it very, very hard to compete with the big boys without my differentiating um, factor and that has to be my staff and without them how can I give a fantastic customer care I mean the automation definitely has some some pros there's, there's no doubt about it but for me I just want to highlight some some cons and I whether we agree or not it's a perceived security risk of the customers I'll just highlight a quick nine the perceived security risks whether whether we like it or not whether we believe that an unmanned facility is as secure or not it's what the customer perceives and in my opinion that the customers will perceive an unmanned facility as a security risk I mean again We've got to think about the undesirables checking in at 3 a.m. Will they, will they check in at 3 a.m. with the drugs, with dead bodies or whatever it may be? Probably not. But again, it's about the perception. And we all feel safer in a manned facility, regardless of what the stats say. And for me, the product knowledge in the industry is very, very low. So how, how many customers come in and have no idea what size they need? How many customers need us to actually advise them what unit size they need. Uh, how many times has somebody come in and wanted a 400 square foot unit? And, uh, sorry, a 100 square foot unit, it turns out we need a, in a 400 square foot unit. So it's, it's our job to help educate and support our customers. In, in England, for the SSA report, 74% of people asked, said that they actually needed help when choosing the size of their, of their unit. Only 11% of customers in the UK actually got all the information they needed online on the 11%. So that means if we're not there actively helping our customers, then they're going to be confused. And a confused customer, for one, doesn't buy. And it's never, it's never good for the customer's point of view either. For me, insurance is another big thing. 18% uh, of my total revenue comes from insurance. And we train our staff to adequately insure the customer's goods. How many customers would, if given the chance, just opt for the cheapest amount of insurance, I'd probably say the majority of customers would do that. What happens if there's a fire? What happens if there's a flood? These unfortunate circumstances do happen, and we need to plan for them. We need to protect our customers. And it also helps us as well because it increases revenue. And at the end of the day, you know, because we all want to increase our revenue. If we, can, if we can increase our revenue by looking after our customers as well, then that for me is a big win. There's merchandise as well. There's the, there's the locks, boxes, tape. And I, I can absolutely promise you, if you're not there to actively ask the customer for the business, i.e., which lock would you like that with, with your unit? Would you want a key lock or would you like a combination lock? Um, my, our actual conversions for locks after just asking this simple question went up from 62% to 84% just by that, that question that we, we trained our staff 
and for me as well, it's important to look at the customer demographic. Again, according to the SSA report, 71% of self-storage customers are aged between 40 and 69 years old. 44% of customers are aged between 50 and 65 years old. And I say we've got to market to our audience and ask what they want. And I know that the product knowledge in the UK is very, very low. Most people have never, ever used self-storage before. So they will have no idea what unit size, how the unit operates, how we open the doors, how they get in when it's late at night, when it's 24-hour access. We need to be there to support our customers and talk through exactly how we access the facility. 82% of people, according to the SSA report, say that them nor their family have ever used self-storage before. So I firmly believe that we need to educate our customers as well, help educate our customers, and in turn, they'll educate the friends and family, etc. Walking customers as well, it's a, it's a real big one for me. Last month, um, our indoor facility, we had 11 walk-ins. Now, I know 11 walk-ins isn't, isn't a massive amount, and eight of those actually moved in. That's a conversion rate of 73%. And if you ask me if it's an automated site, then we're giving away our highest converting quotes, which is face-to-face. -face. And why, why would we ever do that? I, I believe that we people buy from people that don't buy from machines, and it, it, the the number of uh, conversions it stands up when you look at it we only we only convert at 23 percent over our website and um, when you come when you have a look at that compared to 73 percent of walking it's a it's a massive difference as well so and for me it's all about building up rapport it's building up rapport with our customers building up that relationship we need to have our customers to, to know us like us and trust us and that for me is the foundation of, of a great relationship i hope i haven't i haven't bored anyone too much but that, in a nutshell that's uh they're, they're my points no that is fascinating thank you so much for that um as you were talking about that i was so intrigued by what you said people buy from people um I was wondering, do you think that this might be kind of uh, a cultural element in the difference between the UK and the US? Yeah, I, I certainly believe that it, it's, it will be different in the US than it is for the UK. I can obviously only speak by the figures that, that I researched for the UK. And I mean, I know that Gartier.com as well actually said that um, an unmanned facility increases revenue by 10% in the US, which I found really fascinating because in the UK, I think the big difference between the US and the UK is that your, the, the industry, the self-storage industry across uh, across the pond is definitely more mature than it is in the UK. And you guys have a, have a much better understanding of self-storage. Your customers know what it is and know what to expect and know what, what is going to happen. They've seen the programs where in the UK... It's when I mention I'm in self-storage, people just don't understand it. People don't know what it is. So I would I would definitely say yes, there is there is a big difference between the U.S. and the U.K. This is so fascinating. I love this conversation already. So thank you so much, Dean. Uh, Travis, now you have the floor. So tell us about your stance on automation and how it serves the industry. So I mentioned earlier going back to modern customer experience. And whether it's, it doesn't have to necessarily only be involved with the self-storage industry. Um, in 2017, there was a survey done of hotel users. And 
hotel and hospitality is a, a very similar industry to self-storage, except for they're probably 10 years or even 20 years ahead of us in their life cycle. Um, but in that survey, they asked uh, customers what their preference was to be able to book a hotel room online or offline. And 88% of those customers said that they would rather book their room online. And that's very common across the United States and the UK, I believe, as far as how you book a hotel room. That's a modern experience. Um, people are on their phones more and more every day in all aspects of their life. And on your phone, all of those apps that you see, a large percentage of those are represented are represented by businesses that you transact with. And so more and more businesses are occupying that virtual real estate on your phone. And my thought has always been, why can't my self-storage be there and, and transact with those people in, in that modern way? Customers are spending, on average, over five hours a day looking at their smartphone screen. And that kind of blew me away. I was a little embarrassed because my number's higher than that, but um, that's a, a me problem. On average, a person unlocks their smartphone 49 times per day. And... That number varies across the generations, but even the baby boomer generation and, the, and kind of the, the current retirees, they're unlocking their phones 30 times a day. So Dean had mentioned the, the age of, of some of the clientele, but even those people have smartphones and they're using those phones a lot to do business with other businesses. And so I want my storage facilities to be able to perform the same tasks in a similar way that they're used to with other businesses. Um, you know, the millennials open their phone 63 times a day. The, the Generation Z opens their phone 70 time, 79 times a day. That is a trend that we're headed towards where it's going to become more and more important to customers to be able to transact with businesses that way. And so through automation and self-storage, either online and via your phone or at the facility itself, through other technologies like Nokia Smart Entry, that's how customers are going to want to interact with businesses. Um, Dean had mentioned differentiation, and in my opinion, that is the differentiation right now that my stores are able to provide, and that is the technology and the modern customer experience as, to, as opposed to a more traditional uh, self-storage operation that you see, see here in the States. Um, you know, I want to give customers all the choices that I can to be able to rent a unit with me. And 
you know, I'm not saying that all of my facilities are 100% unmanned. I have some traditionally run facilities where there's a manager in the office, but I also layer that with the technology online and on the phone that allow people to move in with us um, without having to interact with a manager if that's how they choose to do it. You know, some people flat out don't like standing in lines. And, you know, there's a survey of 2,000 U.S. customer uh, consumers and the biggest pain point that they had in uh, a retail shopping experience was the line. And one of the, the, the largest recommendation that they had for solving that experience was being able to offer a quick checkout or a self-checkout at 81 and 76%. And so depending on the occupancy of my facilities, I've created different channels for customers to interact with us in the way that they want to. So for example, at that facility that you mentioned earlier, our facility of the year for walk-in customers, we created uh, a little interface that is not unlike the, the, experience that they would have on their smartphone, but it's a larger in-office, we call it a tenant interface, where a customer can move in and they can have as much or as little interaction with the manager as they would like to. And that's completely up to them. They can come in and, and grab a hold of that tenant interface, hit rent now, select their unit, and and begin to move in and complete the whole process paperlessly without any help from the manager. Um, I mentioned that occupancy is an important decision factor for me as far as when I have managers there and when I don't. But if a customer did have a question, I've got a manager there that's able to answer those questions and and help them through the process of getting moved into the facility. Um, So it's important important to me to give the customers all of the options that they want, whether it be on their phone, through my website, or in the office, but let them choose the experience that they want that that will make them the happiest, which is what we're focused on from a customer experience standpoint. Um, Dean had mentioned the size guide video, and while it's not perfect, uh, we have actually shot time-lapse video of all of the different size units that we offer where we hired a moving company to go in and we built out these kind of staged units where we were able to photograph them from the top down and, and the side where people could actually see what fits in each size unit. And so we had all these household goods and had a moving company load up a five by five and a five by 10 and a 10 by 10 and all the way up to 10 by 30 and show people exactly what fits in the unit. And if they get to the facility and there's a problem, you know, we've still got customer service and call centers that are able to address uh, individual problems that they might have. The other part of the automated process for me is it's there's a few things and and i'll start with from the 
from the online perspective, um, Dean had talked about the importance of insurance and the importance of retail sales, and I 100% agree with him there. The automated process ensures that every single time a customer is presented with the opportunity to purchase insurance, there's videos explaining why it's important to purchase insurance and details that explain the different levels of insurance that we offer. We also have the capability now to sell those boxes and locks and tape and all of that stuff through our website during that move-in process also. So every single time that upsell is offered because the, the automation software doesn't know any different or to, to be able to forget that question. So we're able to truly ensure that every customer gets the same experience every time in any way that they choose to go about it. The other part of the automation and specifically as it relates to the Noki smart entry and, and other systems is when it comes to the managers themselves, you know, you're still going to have a manager on site in many cases. Um, in my case, for example, with that new facility, I have 636 units to rent and I do want a human there that, that can, um, sell those units and give tours and that sort of thing and, and really show the features and benefits of the facility um, firsthand. But from a manager's process, you know, one of the big things that a manager has to do every day is deal with the yellow locks and the red locks and removing and placing those locks based on payments that are made, rentals that are made, and all of those sorts of things. And it's an ongoing process. And if you have a large facility, that can eat up a great deal of their day. With the Noki Smart Entry System, we're able to automate that process where if a customer makes a payment online and they were past due, then that the, the system automatically allows access again to that customer and they can be standing right outside of the facility on their phone and see that they're not allowed into the facility because they're past due and they're able to click a button, make a payment, and then they automatically have access to the facility again. And that is important, especially if that were to happen after hours when a manager is not there. A customer still needs access to their goods. There might be something in their unit that they must have at eight o'clock at night on a Sunday when nobody's there or on a holiday. And having an automated system allows them to resolve their issue and regain access to their unit without manager intervention. The same is true for online rentals. Uh, if you, we had a customer and I, I talked about we had a customer on New Year's Day show up at our facility. Obviously, the office is closed, and we saw them pull out their phone, rent a unit. We saw the unit rental come in through our property management software. They got the text message. They downloaded the app. They moved into the facility and their unit when we were 100% closed, and that was a rental that I wasn't going to capture. Um, that customer was ready to rent and move in that day, and I got them that.
Constitution does allow for completely unmanned scenarios, and there are many cases where I could justify that you could use a completely unmanned scenario. Um, the automation isn't just for unmanned scenarios. It's really to improve the overall process and experience, not only for the customer, but also for the self-storage manager and free up time for that self-storage manager to focus on other things like marketing, collections, cleaning the facility, all those other things that they need to do in their day-to-day. -day. So that's kind of my take on the modern customer experience. The, the, the only one other comment that I had uh, as far as um, people buying from people. And while it is, I'm sure there is a difference between the UK and, and the US as far as this goes, when it comes to people buying from people, I would say that Amazon disagrees because they do a pretty good job um, on the person to online retail shopping experience. That is a very fair point. <laughs> All right. So, Travis, thank you so much. That was so much good information. Uh, Dean, I want to check in with you. So, uh, do you have any responses to everything that Travis just talked about? Uh, specifically, I wanted to get your opinion on what he said about uh, how customers, you know, they hate waiting in line, um, any element of waiting they're not a big fan of. That To me, that seems like the fastest way to make a customer unhappy is if they have to wait on something. Uh, do you currently have uh, any issues with... Um, you know, if a customer comes into your facility, Dean, and they're having to to wait to get a new lock or if they're having to wait on um, any kind of customer service help, and how do you guys deal with that? No, so, yeah, um, great. I've, I've got, I've, as Travis was talking, I was like, oh, that's a good point, Travis. Yes, and then I've, uh, I've been filling up my notepad of all different, all different uh, notes and, and different things I want to bring up. Yeah, so it was great. Yeah, in terms of waiting in line, no, we don't normally have a problem, although we do have three members of, of staff in our facility. We always have two members of staff, and then sometimes we have three members of staff. And listen, I'm not saying that automation is bad or we shouldn't automate. My point was literally I was trying to educate the UK and to say, look, we aren't ready just yet in the UK to fully automate. And I would much prefer people to focus on their customers rather than rather than trying to automate at this current time. There's nothing wrong with doing a bit of both. I'm all for that. The only thing I'm completely against is a fully automated site, just for the UK. I don't know the industry in the US too much. But I know in the UK that we're not ready for it. And I, I caught, as soon as Travis said about Amazon, I was like, wow, that's, that's a great point. That one. It's, it's a great one. But then I also remember that Jeff Bezos, uh, one of his most famous quotes is, start with the customer and work backwards. And that's exactly what he has done. And that's exactly what I like to think we have done. We go the extra mile for our customers. We we believe that we do more for our customers than any other storage facility. And we often ask our customers, how have ever, every single week they've got to email me across and say, how have you gone the extra mile for the customer? And they email me an answer every single Thursday. So I know exactly what the what my staff have done that week to, to really stand out. But it's okay as all saying that, uh, we're customer focused and all this stuff, but what are you actually doing? What have you actually done that week to, to go the extra mile for your customer? Um, 
for one example, was um, James was was coming to work and uh, he picked a customer up on the way because the car had broken down. Um, and just just a little one little example how we go the extra mile. If it was a if it was an automated site, then that, that couldn't possibly happen. Um, in terms of hotels, Travis mentioned hotels, which was again another another great point because I I do believe and agree with Travis when he says that if we look at the hotel industry, they're probably ten years in front of us. That that's exactly true. But the one big difference is that people know exactly what they're getting online. And that's why they're so happy to, to book online. I can't remember the last time I didn't book online for a hotel. But we know if it's a one-star, two-star, three-star, four-star, or a five-star. So we know how good that hotel is and the price of obviously a five-star might be £300 a night per room or $300. And a two-star might be $50 a night. And then we can make that decision if we believe it's worth it or not. The only difference is with self-storage, we have no idea what's a good facility and a bad facility. In the UK, I'm sure exactly the same in the US, we have some standout facilities that are absolutely fantastic. But then we also have some equally bad ones, maybe some some farm, a pig farm that's 10, it's, it's, it's where they used to house all the pigs have turned it into a, a storage facility. We, we have that in the UK. And the customers don't know what is different. What's the difference between the two? They all they know is they're both self-storage, one's cheaper than the other. And quite often in the UK especially, well, I don't, I don't know if you guys have it as well, but they display on their website incorrect pictures. So nobody knows exactly what they're actually um, paying for until they actually get there. And so with the hotels, you do know that because there's a star next to every single hotel. And if the problem is that we, we don't know the difference between the good and the bad self-storages. And that's our job to educate the customers and say, look, this is why we're different. Every single room is allowed if you come into my facility. If you go down the road to our competition, that's not the same. Um, we have 24-hour access, free 24-hour access, because we've got the security in place. Unfortunately, down the road, that's not the case. And so it's my job and our staff's job, my staff's job, to, to actually educate the customer what you are paying for, what extras you do get. We we give free van hire. Um, our competitors don't. It's, it's things like that that, that we, need to, we need to get across and tell our customers um, why why we are different and like i say I'm, I'm not saying that automation isn't the way to go i'm just saying that for me at the minute fully automated sites they definitely have some question marks and i always like that that person-to-person -person communication for, for example um even as the, the the local supermarket in in the uk or tesco's um they have self-checkout lines and yes they're very very popular but they haven't done away with the with the person standing there scanning the items across because they understand that even though that is a mature industry, they understand that you've got to give the customers a choice. You've got to give the customers the best of both worlds, and that's exactly exactly what they do. So I will say that Dean and we could get into a whole other conversation on a, a rating system for self storages, and I've been a part of a lot of conversations on that topic. Um, but I will say that in my conversations with Dean, uh, he is excellent at the one-on-one -on -one customer service. Uh, I saw on social media last week a picture that he posted. He writes individual thank you cards to every tenant that moves into his facility. Um, and I think that's fantastic. I don't know how scalable that is. I think as because Dean wants to grow his portfolio, 
um, he could spend all years just writing thank you cards if he got big enough. Um, but it, it is an, it is a nice touch, but it's still to me, my focus is starting with the customer working backwards to meet the needs of what they're doing today. And Travis, I wanted to get your opinion on, uh, you know, there, there's this, uh, this term of the unmanned facility, um, unattended self-storage, um, and now we have kind of virtual management uh, entering the arena. So I wanted to see if you could speak to the difference between automation and the idea of an unmanned facility and kind of what Dean was talking about. How do you kind of fill in, fill in the, the gap there? So I like to say that there's no such thing as a, a humanless unmanned facility. Um, because we're dealing with self-storage, there's always somebody that's going to leave a sofa in a unit when they move out. And there's not a, a machine that goes in and picks that up and disposes of it. There's not a machine. There's not a Roomba big enough to go around a facility and clean it. Um, and so there are facilities that are running unmanned and doing so successfully where the actual rental process is handled in a little vestibule type scenario or with the, the virtual attendance scenario where they help customers, but there's not three people sitting in an office helping those customers. Um, to me, it's still about the choice of the customer. And, and as Dean mentioned, you know, a self checkout line at a grocery store. Uh, yeah, they get a lot of business and you look to the left and there's, there's 12 rows of uh, checkout lines, but in my experience, about two of them are usually open and the grocery stores, they're able to see when they're busy and when they're not busy and, and staff accordingly. And the technology automation piece with the data collection actually allows us to do the same thing. We can see when people are on property, when people are opening their doors, when people are coming in and, and renting units and make decisions on, okay, these, this makes sense to have a, a human being here at this time. But then we can also see that towards the end of the day or early in the morning that Maybe we don't need somebody there quite so early because they're not as busy during those times. And so there's an opportunity for savings and, and payroll is a large line item in our uh, profit and loss statement where we can find some savings without completely deleting the, the human factor. Because once again, I don't believe that uh, you can be completely unmanned, but there are certainly savings to be had as a result of the automation. Wonderful. Thank you for that. Uh, Dean, let's let's throw it back over to you. Do you have any uh, kind of closing comments as we wrap up this fantastic conversation? Yeah, so um, I just uh, I made a note of what Travis said about the thank you notes and uh, cheers for that, Travis. I, I appreciate it and I completely understand what you say about scaling. But that's why we stand out, because at the minute we are at the size where we can individually write thank you notes to, to every customer and, and say thank you very much for choosing us. And that's why we stand out. Sometimes 
in business and in life, we have to do things that don't scale. We just can't be focused on only doing the things that scale because if we do that, then we're just like everybody else. And what sets us apart is that we are different. And there's no, there's, it doesn't mean to say that I have to, if we get 10, 11, 12 facilities, it doesn't mean to say that I'll be sat there every single day, every single night, writing these out, these thank you cards. It means that then I can hand it off to the managers. And I don't think we'll ever, ever take the customers for granted. And that's one thing that I never want to get away from. It might not be scalable, but I can do that for every single facility we've got. But it doesn't mean that the, the manager can't do that. And another great tip, if anybody's interested in customer care and, and finding out what your customers really think, is is actually getting the moving report for that month and literally sat down just spending half an hour ringing your actual customers who have actually moved in. And I, I, I ring up 10 customers a month. I choose at random 10 customers. And I just pick up the phone and I just ask them, um, how the head about us because it's okay that if I tick the box in Google or word of mouth and you never really know for absolutely 100% certain that that's the case, but it's always nice to hear firsthand. But also ask the customers if there's anything we can do to improve. And it's those little nuggets that you might overlook that the customer sees firsthand because they're actually using your facility maybe day in, maybe day out, and you will never put yourself in the customer, as much as we try to, we can never actually put ourselves in the customer's shoes and think that where they are thinking. So it's always nice to get their, their opinion firsthand. The, my closing remark is, is, listen, I think automation is fantastic. And I think it, it does have a place in the industry, especially moving forward in the next 10 years. There is no doubt about that. But what I, what I want to get, get away from is that we have to always have our customers in mind. And if we just focus on the customers and keep asking ourselves, how can we do more for our customers, then that will stand the test of time through automation, through whatever. Just keep asking yourself, how can you do more for your customers? Wonderful. Thank you so much. And I have really enjoyed this conversation so much because I think it's so wonderful that Travis and Dean, you both occupy such different spaces in this industry, literally across the pond from each other, different opinions on the place of automation and how we use it. But you both put such an importance on the happiness of your customers. And I just love that. I love that you know, we can talk about this and I, I just think it's so fun to hear these different opinions. And I have one final question for each of you before we wrap up. Uh, Travis, what do you think is the number one key, if you had to pick one, to successful automation that elevates the self-storage customer experience? The number one key for me would be offering a complete online move-in and that means whether it be their phone or the website uh, that a customer is able to rent a unit and do business with me when they want to do business with me and that, in, that starts at the very beginning from them selecting the unit all the way to the end to that unit being open and available to move in at the time that they want to move in. And that's what automation now allows for in the self-storage industry. And I think it's important over the next five years, it's going to be a differentiating factor in the industry. In the next 10 years, I believe it's going to be the standard in the industry. 
And if you don't have that capability, your facility is going to be lagging the rest of the industry. Wonderful. Thank you. And Dean, in your opinion, what is the most crucial element of customer service in the self-storage business? For me, it's empowering your staff. You've got to really care about your staff. And if you really care about your staff, then your staff will really care not only about your customers, but will care about your business as well. And so I always believe that you should never, ever take your staff for granted. And you should not only go the extra mile for your customers, but literally go out of your way to, to help understand your staff, understand where they want to go, what they want to do, and have a clear understanding of what their goals are and how you can help them achieve their goals. And if you start with them, then everything else, everything else they do will fall into place with, with the customers and they will always have your, your best um, goals in mind. I love that. That is so true. So true. All right. Uh, do you guys have anything else that you would like to add? I appreciate the opportunity, Rachel, and, and thank Janice for letting us uh, be on the podcast. I love chatting with Dean and, and uh, agree with a lot of the points that he makes, especially, you know, the last one he made about how you treat your staff. And so I, I just thank you guys for the opportunity and uh, hope everyone finds this useful. And I've, I've genuinely enjoyed it. I've, I've actually been taking notes on what Travis has said. And every time I talk to you, Travis, I genuinely do learn something new. So again, it's uh, the feelings are mutual. It's, uh, it's been a great honor to be on the podcast. And uh, yeah, great chatting to you once again, Travis. You as well. Thank you, guys. And if our listeners would like to get in touch with both of you, uh, Travis, how can they reach you? Uh, you can find me at nationalselfstorage.com. Uh, and my email address is T-M-O-R-R-O-W at nationalselfstorage.com. And Dean, how about you? And myself, um, yeah, so I've got a podcast called Hacking Self Storage. Um, we've, we've also interviewed Travis as well. So me and Travis have had a, had a good chat on that as well, where we interview um, the, the leading um, people in the self-storage industry. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can either email me at deanbooty, B-O-O-T-Y, at iCloud.com. That's my personal email that goes straight to me. I check that on a, on an hourly basis. Or you can uh, you can connect me on LinkedIn. Just uh, just search Dean Booty. It's LinkedIn backslash uh, Dean Booty. And uh, I, I, I get up. You'll, you'll see me there. All right. Thank you again both so much. And uh, I really appreciate it. And I hope you both have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much.